0: breast cancer and it was devastating I didn't know what am I going to do now so they wanted to take the program away from me and give it to someone else and I said no I'm going to work with this this gave me the determination and the drive to do it myself so I decided okay I'll just I'm gonna deal with this the best I can so, between training runners for the ultra and being sick and taking radiation and chemo, I would go out in a daze like I was in a bubble uh, running with the with the team. I just wouldn't I couldn't give up.
1: Welcome to Reinvention After Fifty, a brand fifty podcast where we interview a large spectrum of entrepreneurs that have started their businesses later in life. Learn, be inspired. And get motivated by their stories, so that you can take your life's experiences and turn them into your next venture. And here are your hosts, Jack Uhaldi and Robert Erie Artboard.
2: Hello, this is Robert. Welcome, everyone, to the Reinvention After Fifty podcast. And today we have Stephanie Odell doing another great interview with Lisa Felder, who right now I believe is age seventy-five. Is that correct? Correct. And at age sixty-eight, she started a company and tell us about this company that she started
3: well she has a really interesting background um, and found fitness later in life and um, was overweight and unhealthy and started walking around the track when her son was playing soccer and that led to becoming now an ultra distance coach she's run hundreds of ultra distance hundreds of marathons um, and as her her athletes call her mama Lisa She takes people under her wing and helps them find fitness again, but has a really interesting journey of how things kind of came to her and she was paid attention to the opportunities that kind of served her. Even though she didn't have the background at the time, she went and educated herself to be a coach. Um, Just super interesting, always striving to be educated and learn. Uh, Even in her 70s, she's doing it again.
2: Yeah, when you see her, when you see the photo of her, the last thing you would think is that she was overweight at any time in her life because she is yeah. so lean and trim. And uh, actually I was talking to her when we were setting up the Zoom call and she has this very laid back, very calm attitude. And she seems so sweet. And I see a couple of pictures of her running. She seems like she's pretty intense when she gets in the running mode though.
3: Yeah, I can only imagine I, we, you know, we've talked about running together, but I'm a little intimidated to run with her and she's 75 and I'm 58. So that can tell you kind of energy she has.
2: And at 75, she's still doing what, 50 mile or 50 Ks, 100 Ks? She's
3: still running and she's had hip surgery. She's gone through breast cancer. So, you know, all those kind of moments you say, well, I can't do it anymore. She de- redefines that at every turn. Um, and she and I found each other uh, when I was doing an ATHLETA event and I needed some um, a visual or a, for, a, for a promotion of it and they wanted to use somebody that had been featured in ATHLETA before so I went like three years back in all their stock photos and I found her and then I stalked her and kind of said oh my god you have to join Celebrate the Grey and so at 73 she joined Celebrate the Grey and now is modeling and says she's kind of reinvented herself again so never too old to reinvent yourself
2: yeah and i liked what you said that she let opportunities come to her like she was aware what was going on she never had any intention of starting a business at 68 it was because she developed these relationships with her students that said no you you uh, we want you to create this business yeah you've given us so much that you can really do this and it was the motivation from her students that got her going and now she's successful doing it
3: right and and she also they helped her like all the things she didn't know how to do they helped her and so it's kind of also proves that when you have a community that supports you you really can do anything Um, all those pieces that you might not understand how to do ask for help and figure it out and she she just transitioned to doing a online coaching which she didn't know how to do either and figured it out she's 75 like it's so inspiring to me to just realize no matter what age you can always learn and grow and reinvent yourself if you're interested in it
2: yeah it's awesome so let's uh let's get to the story
3: all right well welcome i'm so excited to have lisa felder of ultra fitness beyond imagination but to me she's mama lisa and lisa i met gosh two years ago, I think now. And we, um, I, I kind of, as many of the people know on this podcast, I stalked her, I stalk a numerous women, but she was one of my first people that I stalked because I was doing an event with Athleta and she had done some work with Athleta and she's so beautiful with her gray hair and her fitness running expertise that I reached out to her and Asked her if she would join Celebrate the Gray. I think you were one of my first or second models that that joined. And we have bonded very, we bonded very quickly. We're, we're both runners. Lisa has an astounding resume of running. So I'm gonna let her go get into that. This podcast is all about people reinventing themselves. You reinvented yourself much younger than a lot of people, but I know in your 70s now you've done some more reinvention. So thrilled That's- to have you here. Thank you very much, Stephanie, for having me. And I wanted you to just kind of tell your story uh, in your own words, how you found fitness. And I know you had fitness as a youth. You had older brothers, correct? Yes. Um, I- but tell the story of how you refound fitness and how it led you to where you are today. It was in
0: the early 70s when I moved to California and... I wanted my son to get into some type of activity after school. So I found a a soccer team in San Francisco, and I would take him uh, every day for practice. And uh, eventually, his coach said to me, why don't you try running around the polo field to stay warm? And I didn't know anything about running. And you know, I, I wasn't even interested in writing. I was 36 at the time, and it was very difficult. He pretty much taught me how to do that at the Cliff House, watching my footsteps in the sand. and And then that eventually led to
3: beta breakers. And I well, how was that the first, was that your first race, Beta Breakers? That was my very first race. That, that's a big first race. It's a big first race. <laughs> if for people it's that people don't know Beta Breakers, I think it, at its peak, it was 100,000 Yes, people. absolutely. And you would start at the start line. And by the time you got two blocks ahead, there was thousands of people in, in front of you. It, it was a lot yes. of non-registered and registered. A lot of naked running went on that's in that great. event. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> I would probably, probably the last person coming in because I could barely run, not knowing that, you know, it takes practice. You have to train to run even 7.8 miles or whatever beta breaker is. I, I did it so many times. I don't even remember the miles, but it was 7.6
3: or. Yeah, it was a weird, it was a weird distance. It wasn't a yeah, 10 was a k, k and,
0: distance, Yeah. Yeah. But after uh, Beta Breakers, I noticed a lot—a group of people running down the street again by my apartment, and I called the coach to tell him my son's coach to tell him, "Hey, um, there's the Beta Breakers running by the house," and he said, "No, that's not Beta Breakers, my dear. He was from <laughs> London." He said, "That is not Beta Breaker, my dear." that's the San Francisco Marathon. And I said, oh, I can do that. So I just picked up a pair of old shoes and decided I was gonna go run. And I probably got two blocks and ended up walking home and called uh, the coach and say, hey, look, uh, I could barely run two blocks. And he said, my dear, uh, that is a marathon, a marathon, It's 26.2 miles. And I said, what?
3: (laughs) I think ignorance is bliss sometimes, right? What we don't know can't kill us, but.
0: Right. So he told me, you know, you have to train for a marathon. And I said, how long do you think it would take for me to train for a marathon? He said, oh, about a year. And I go, okay, I could do that. (laughs) So every day I would go out, I would do two or three miles or whatever mileage I was running. I didn't know at the time. And there was an older lady running in the Golden Gate Park. And I'm thinking, wow, this lady can run fast. I'm not knowing that she was a nun. And my son's principal at Sacred Heart School, Sister Marion was her name. And she was an Olympic runner. And I didn't know that. Uh, She inspired me. And um, every morning I would see her, she wouldn't speak. I think she was really... um, She sounds focused, very focused. When you're focused, you don't recognize anyone. But that encouraged me to train and train hard for the San Francisco Marathon. I did my first um, marathon in San Francisco, and I finished that. Three hours and twenty six minutes.
3: Wow, that was your first marathon, three twenty six. Yes, you really trained. (laughs) I mean, that's that's a very very decent time. As um,
0: I was a very heavy set person, I mean, I was nothing small. I was very. I was two hundred and thirty eight pounds, but I had lost seventy
3: five pounds training for this marathon. Wow, I mean, if you can see Lisa now, Lisa is very thin and trim and petite. And so I can't imagine you with that much weight on you and and running on top of that. It's not easy on a body to have weight. Not at all. Not at all.
0: But I learned to eat well and I wanted to know more about fitness and uh, nutrition. So I studied at UC Berkeley to learn more about nutrition because I realized that was a large part of running, you know, without having the right nutrition and fluids and things like that, you cannot succeed. So that was an open door for me right there to do better and to become a better runner. But I never did become a better runner. I probably struggled quite a bit. And that was because I didn't have a trainer. mm mm-hmm. And learn most on my own I'd
3: really struggle uh, back I would say too back in that time there wasn't a lot of resource I mean you didn't have online you couldn't go online so there's probably limited resources for coaching right right um, so you really just had to figure it out yourself
0: right absolutely but as I st- began to read books and went to uh, different shoe stores, That's when I began to understand a little bit more. And then I met other women that were well-versed than me. And then, of course, I joined the Impel team in San Francisco, which is one of the fastest route runners in the United States. Is is that a women's only group? Yes, it is. Okay. At the time I joined, they had over 100 women. And everyone was so fast, much faster than me. And Mike uh,
3: Finelli, oh,
0: yeah. Yes. know that name. Yes, he was my coach. And he would have me running heels. Oh, it was horrible.
3: <laughs> I met a lady. So, I'm wondering if you've transferred th- those training skills into your coaching. I did, actually. Yeah. I- a lot all of the things, things you hated, course. you now make all your, your athletes. So you got this love of running, you're running, you're doing events, you've run marathons. And then what happens to trigger you to become a coach?
0: It didn't trigger me to become a coach. Uh, someone just happened to notice that I had completed 75 marathons.
3: And what's the time frame in, in this? 75 marathons in Um, How many years at that point?
0: Oh, it probably was about 10 years or more. And uh, yeah, they happened to notice that I had completed all these marathons. So I got a phone call from Hawaii asking me if I would be interested in coaching. And I told uh, her name was Patricia Flanagan. And I told her I have no idea how to coach. And she said, "Don't worry, we will send you to school in Arizona." <laughs> and that's where I ended up. I ended up at school, and every single day we would get up, and they, uh, it was a, a, more like a conference room. It wasn't a classroom, but more like a conference room. And we would sit there, and we would um, the coach would come in and teach us all about the different type of mechanics and cadence and pace and, and, you know, goal pace and all of that. And so after that, I went to work for Patricia Fl- Flanagan. It was a program called um, was um, the team in training. No, it wasn't that it was uh, another program uh, for San Francisco Oh, called San Francisco.
3: Fit. That's okay. what
0: it's called.
3: This is, is this in the 80s or the 90s? This was in the 90s. Okay.
0: 1996.
3: To be okay. Honest.
0: And the ultra fitness was really great, but my boyfriend was working for a team in training. And one day, his coach happened to see me with the San Francisco fit team and say, "Ooh, this is a conflict of interest you know, mm-hmm. your girlfriend is working for San Francisco Fit and you're working for a team and training. Why not have her to come and work for team and training as your assistant coach? And I didn't want to do that because I really love the San Francisco Fit team. And I had over 300 runners. Wow. Yes. And <laughs> I took care of the yellow team, which are the beginners. And, and then they had other uh, coaches that was, you know, better fit for the runners um, would take care of those type of runners. And so anyways, I decided, okay, I'll just go ahead and join team and training because what he said to me triggered everything. He said, you are not just coaching runners, you're coaching for a purpose.
3: Hmm. I was gonna. I thought you were gonna say that. Um, So I broke up with the boyfriend, and I just kept my job where I was at. But no, you switched over to team and training, and I did. did and
0: that? Yeah, for, made me realize that you're not just coaching people. You are doing it for the
3: leukemia and lymphoma. Hmm. So you're doing it for a purpose. I get what you're saying. So you're actually yeah. raising money for leukemia with with the for training. Us. Yeah. Right.
0: And that's um, what made me decided, okay, all right, I'll, I'll take the, this experience that I uh, got from San Francisco fit and transfer it over to team and training.
3: Were you doing this full time at this point? Or were you, did you have another job at this? Oh, I had another job. Yes. Okay. So another. this was kind of your side hustle yes. for many, many years, but it many, was your passion. 17 years. And then, so what led into, I know you did team and training for years, and now you have your own ultra fitness beyond imagination that you've had for how many years? It's almost 10 years now. Okay. I'm just going to read a couple of testimonials because when you meet Lisa within probably I uh, 30 minutes, not even 30 minutes, 30 seconds, you, you feel the warmth and the very genuine passion she has for running and exposing people to running and getting them to think about the possibilities. So I just want to read a couple of your athletes testimonials and they, you also don't call Lisa, Lisa, you call Lisa, mama, Lisa. And she truly is. She takes care of everybody. One of your athletes, Phil says, mama, Lisa is an ultra legend Her knowledge of ultra running and her belief in me is what took me from a person who could barely run one mile to an ultra runner who finished the Rio Del Lango hundred mile endurance race. Wow. That's crazy. Belinda to achieve a goal, you must have the aspiration and drive to attain it, but it helps to have a fantastic coach to guide you along the way. And mama Lisa is that for me. And then one other gal, met Mama Lisa in two thousand and three when I decided to get up from my couch and run a marathon. I started from rock bottom and never thought it would be possible to run a five k, let alone a marathon. Enter Mama Lisa. She is more than a coach. She provides encouragement, mentorship, and shows genuine interest in your physical, mental, and spiritual well-being. That's i I, I have kids, and I've had coaches. I've said this to you before. They've had hundreds of coaches over the years. I was an athlete. I had hundreds of coaches. To have those qualities in a coach is rare, very rare to find. So, I mean, is that you've started your own business now, you have this philosophy of the whole being, which is unique, I think, to training. Is that something from your youth that you was instilled in you? Or is that something that just grew out of your own running and knowing what you needed as a runner of how you needed to be supported?
0: I suppose you could say both because when I was in high school, my brothers encouraged me to play basketball. And so when I was in high school, I played basketball. I took that into my college years.
3: and But you're let's play basketball. You're 5'4"? 5'7". 5'7". Five, five Okay, five five. I look, I look taller because I. Wear. You're so lean, and um, I, cause I do this to you every time. But five five is not that tall for a basketball player. So you also have a can-do attitude. I know that about you.
0: Yeah, they encouraged me to do that, so I just kind of, you know, took it from there. I did dancing in school. It was creative dancing, and that was a, a passion that I had when I was in college and uh, did some
3: uh, little stage show for. for Oh, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are you still a dancer?
0: I love to dance, but there is no place that would allow me to
3: do the creative dancing. Mm. Well, we need to find that for you because (laughs) anytime I'm with Lisa in a social setting or a, like i said lisa's part of celebrate the gray models and we've been on a couple of photo shoots it's these momentarily moment conversations that we're supposed to have a 10-minute conversations turn into 45 (laughs) minutes later i'm like um you, you you need to stop talking you're gonna have to pay lisa another hour oh no she's so fantastic and it's all these younger people that really are so inspired by you so this intergenerational Changing the way people see aging, you're, you're doing that on a daily basis. I know with your runners, but whenever you're on a shoot or in a social situation, I, I see it happen again. I, I just want to go back to that question about instilling this well-being of the whole body and your brothers instilled some of that in you, it sounds like. Um, right. But, but they didn't
0: instill you know, uh, running. Uh, right. That's something that I had to actually learn how to do. And it was something that I didn't even want to do. Right. Just that I was encouraged to do it and was pushed along the way. And I'm happy. I'm, I'm very happy about it now.
3: Uh, but I think, too, you had somebody that believed in you when you didn't see it for yourself. And I think that's absolutely. what you give to your runners and to people that you interact with. You, you I always see that in you. Yes. So. I'm, it absolutely. sounds like your coach, your son's soccer coach, which does he know, is he still around and does he know of the, all your successes?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
3: You're still in We're touch with very,
0: him? Very close. Very yeah. close. And he often talks to people about the hundreds of medals and trophies and things that I have in my trophy room. But I
3: didn't know you had a trophy room.
0: I need to come see that. Yes, you have to. <laughs> <laughs> it's yes, it's everything there you can cream up. Yeah, I, I actually began to love what I did for team and training, training people from the couch to becoming great runners. There is one lady that I'm so proud of today. Her name is Sarah Lavender-Smith. She came into team and training, and today she is one of the top ultra runners, as well as a, a journalist. She writes many books and stories and things like that, um, not knowing that, you know, you will step away from some people that are once upon a time was a, a marathon runner, and now they're an ultra runner and doing right. incredible things. Just. Two weeks ago, I received a email from one of my um, assistant coaches, and he was so excited. I remember the time when this young man didn't know what it was—what run by pace and not by, you know, like he uh, run effort and not pace—and he couldn't understand the two. And today, he often tells me, "Mama Lisa." I am so happy you beat that in my head. There were times when I would just wanted to choke him because <laughs> and the two and um, he is, he just finished 200 miles and he's so ecstatic. He said, wow. I could have done it without you, Mama Lisa.
3: Well, again, instilling confidence in people is a hard thing to do and getting it them is. to look at possibility versus limitations, because we're always told what we can't do So did you have someone besides this coach, besides your brothers early on in your life that you just lived by that motto?
2: I
0: think it was Helen Klein. She
3: was one
0: who um, they are, let's just say her husband is race director for Western States for 25 years.
3: Mm, Okay.
0: His wife was the one who actually encouraged me to be a better runner. And then there were other people such as Carol Plant, a very strong runner. And I used to train with her weekly and she would pull me along uh, on trails. And uh, there was Michael Palmer, uh, who was incredible when I would get lost in the darkness. And uh, nobody would
3: right. be there for you. Yes. He was right
0: there. And I'm going, oh, thank you, Michael.
3: (laughs) And now in turn, you've turned around and you do that for others. I mean, if if you really want to see the spirit that Lisa gives to her runners, go to Ultra Fitness Beyond Imagination website because the pictures are amazing. There's a picture of you screaming, you know, and I'm sure you're cheering on your runners. It's like having your mother at your race. Mama Lisa is there supporting you. So how do you pivot from being a team in training to then starting your own business and then starting a business and figuring out how do you make that profitable? So okay. where, exactly. when does that, how does that happen for you? So
0: what happened is that in 2009, the um, team and training manager came to me and say, Hey, Mama Lisa, we don't have an ultra team. And I know that you're the only coach that try, uh, you know, run ultras. So how would you like to write an ultra program?
3: Let me just stop you for one second. An ultra is anything past a marathon? Yes. Okay. So anything over 26.2 miles? That is correct. Okay.
0: So I wrote this program and soon after I wrote the program, I got cancer, breast cancer. And it was devastating. I didn't know. What am I going to do now? So they wanted to take the program away from me and give it to someone else. And I said, no, I'm going to work with this. This gave me the determination and the drive to do it myself. So I decided, okay, I'll just, I'm going to deal with this the best I can. So between training runners for the ultra and being sick and taking radiation and chemo, I would go out in a daze, like I was in a bubble, uh, running with the, with the team. I just wouldn't, I couldn't give up.
3: Wow. And do you think that that was part of your recovery? I mean, it really? I you absolutely
0: get- feel that was my recovery because the runners came back and almost coached me mm-hmm. and, you know, staying strong. And that was so good. That's what I needed. That's what people need whenever they are going through some difficult times in their life. So that encouraged me to continue to coach. And then after five years of coaching with Team and Training, uh, they took away some programs, and the Ultra Bron Team was one of them. And a group of ladies came to me and said, Mama Lisa, why don't you start your own program? You can do this. And I go, how? <laughs> One lady said, I'll help you with the farms.
3: Yeah.
0: Person said, I will set up a website for you. And a few guys came along and said, and I will help you with running uh, the team.
3: And I it's go- "Amazing!" So, I mean- that experience where you've instilled such a pride in their accomplishments, they want you to do the same. They want to help you do the same.
0: That's right. And that's when training peaks became alive because now I have people in the Bay area and in the East Bay, the North Bay and Sonoma County, they were all coming together to be coached by me. And then from that point on, I go, wow, this is bigger than I thought. So I had to hire more coaches. That's um,
3: fantastic.
0: Yeah. It became- well, I mean,
3: that's the thing too. I mean, to explain a little bit more about your business as a trainer or a coach, you know, in person, it's you can only do so much. But all of a sudden, now you've open, opened up your revenue and your um, business to more access. So talk right. about what your business, what is the structure of your business. So for our listeners that don't know ultra fitness beyond imagination, what do you offer? How does it work? How do you monetize this for you financially to have this be your full-time gig now?
0: Okay. So what I, I'm doing now is I have a program called training Peaks, and training Peaks is a, A program where I can see what the runner is doing. I can see their heart rate, their working heart rate, how the elevation in which they run, the weather. I can see everything that they are doing, whether they are just lagging. (laughs)
3: uh, There's no cheating. There's there's no cheating allowed. It's it's not like the old log in a notebook days. This is online. Mama Lisa's on the back door looking at what you're doing and giving you encouragement to go and change your day if you you haven't been able to achieve what you're supposed to achieve that day is that kind of the that concept is,
0: that is that is correct and the, the way it works is that they need to the, the the runner will need a garmin to connect to the program
3: and just for listeners again a garmin is a heart monitor that do they do you still have to wear the strap or is it all no. just with a watch now?
0: Oh, they have just the watch. Okay. They updated the Yeah. Everything is just better, much better than it was in years ago.
3: Yeah. At what age did you start ultra fitness beyond imagination?
0: Uh, it started in
3: 2014. So you were what age? Well, yeah, you were six in uh, your sixties. Yes. I
0: was in my late sixties.
3: Yeah. So I think that's Very powerful for our listeners to also, you know, in late 60s, a lot of times, especially women are told you can't do that, or they've heard stories in their head or the role models they have are those of in your 60s, late 60s, you've quit your jobs, you're retiring, your kids have left home, you're settling into retirement, but not you, you, you start a whole business on your own. So was it scary? It
0: wasn't scary, but it was Pretty tough because I couldn't get a grip on how Training Peaks
3: operated. And so Training Peaks is an outside company. You have your own company, but then Training Peaks is the app, basically, that allows you to build programs and offer these programs virtually to your clients.
0: That is correct.
3: Okay. And each
0: person is trained individually. Right. And so-
3: how many athletes do you have... When you start, and how many athletes do you have now?
0: I think I had about 48 runners, but they come and go, and sometimes the number escalates. Sometimes it drops because of various reasons. People get injured. Some have babies. You know, they get married. They move away, even though some folks might move in other places, but they always Keep the program because no matter where you are in the world, right in Kenya, and they can do the program. That's not a problem. I have people in Panama and Alaska and different places, Washington D.C., all over, and they can use this program and they love it. They, I I've got people where they have run. Some folks have run four hundred and eighty miles. And I say, we really don't need a coach. But they love to be coached because uh, this keeps them
3: motivated. So how many athletes would you say you've trained over your years? Thousands. Yeah.
0: Thousands of, uh, of runners. I get phone calls or a uh, Facebook message all the time. I go, oh, yes, wonderful, great.
3: Well, you talked a little bit about breast, the breast cancer diagnosis and how your team got you through and, but you didn't, I want to talk about the, what you created from the breast cancer experience. You have an event that you do a yearly event. So can you talk a little bit about that?
0: Yes, uh, we have an event called the Pinkathon. It is all the money that we raise goes directly to the Breast Cancer Research Foundation. And each year in October, which is Breast Cancer Month, that's when we have our event. It's an event that consists of a 5K, a 10K, half marathon, a marathon, and a 50K. It starts in San Francisco and it goes to Mill Valley. We have coaches that mark the course. It's a fat ass race, which means that you pay absolutely nothing to run this race, but we do ask for a donation.
3: Right. And you and fundraising too. And and talk about pivoting um, this year. You had to pivot that whole event. We did. In fact, we thought that we would do worse,
0: but we did better.
3: Interesting. So will you do you think uh, you so virtually just so you pivoted it to a virtual event, so not in person. And do you well, think
0: you we them? did have in person too, but we had very few in-person.
3: Yeah, small socially distanced. Very
0: small group. Yes.
3: So we'll moving forward with that, will you keep the virtual aspect to it?
0: Yes absolutely. In fact, people are signing up now.
3: Oh, great. And so it's the pinkathon.com or what's the full website for that? Just for our listeners too.
0: Sure. It's, um, well, of course, www.pinkathon.org.
3: Okay. Dot org. So business-wise you are, how do you pivot during covid or did you really need to pivot during covid with your business because it was mostly online
0: yes we did but let me tell you why it was so successful and then i'll tell you how we had to pivot we had people coming from everywhere from all over the united states and one of the the biggest uh, account we had was pepsi cola
3: so you're training the employees of pepsi cola
0: Right. And celebrate so the, the gray was part of it too. So it
3: um well I think Revel, right? Revel was part of it. Yeah. Revel. But this so, is you're talking about Pinkathon.
0: Yes, the Pinkathon. Okay.
3: Not your not you but you also do training through the Ultra Fitness Beyond Imagination. You do firefight or police officers?
0: Police officers, I do doctors. I, I have several doctors on the team right now. There's a, a journalists uh, on the team. There are nurses. I mean, I have most people that join the not not to say that is limit to that, but most people that join the ultra fitness is people with high stress jobs. Mm. They seem to need need an outlet. Yeah, actually. Uh, Join teaming training. I meant uh, Ultra Fitness Beyond Imagination. They have been very, very successful. I have one chief police officer. He's thinking about doing Ironman because he does craft the lawns. So, do
3: you think that this um, transformation with running starts to feed into their personal life and their careers? Do you have people that have found running and then all of a sudden realize that they want to do something else with their career because they feel so healthy and better about themselves?
0: Yes, I have. I have many people to come in with very little experience and then they find joy and peace and less stressful after a hard day. work. And then they decided they want to do something else. They want to go into a duathlon or, you know, a century Bike ride or things like that. So uh, many of those people have turned that route and then they come back, they realize that, gosh, I still rather do trail running or I just want to do another marathon. And what happens too is that they find a way to travel because people want to see the world, but they want to have a reason. Right. want to do this. And I know I did. I I wanted to go to Rome and London and, and, and that's where my marathons took me all over the world.
3: So let's just talk about your stats. How many marathons? 348 marathons. 348 marathons. Staggering. Ultras. How many ultras? 111. 111 ultras. And you've accumulated numerous awards. I know you right. were in the, let me find I've it. Done, I've the done national done
0: course, and I've done century Bike prize and
3: things. So do you feel like your body is still able to do, are you still running today?
0: Yes, I am. And gosh, I'd love to go running this morning.
3: <laughs> oh, but I can't, we started too early. Oh no! <laughs> I'm no, so sorry. Oh, I love this. I love it. but talk about a little bit. you're you were in two thousand and fifteen, you were named into the National Black Marathoners Hall of Fame. Um, and you've that's not you you have numerous awards like that. Did you start when you started this journey back walking around the track? What was your vision of where you would go with it? Did you have one? I didn't.
0: I had no idea I would end up where I am today. And not knowing that there would be eyes looking at me and and following my history, I had no idea. Surprising to me, even today when I got a call about oh, a couple of months ago and they wanted to award me for uh, let's see, I have it, I have the award here. The Stan Jensen Award, the Legend Award. Wow. And I i was shocked. I go, why? They said that because you have done so much for the community and people that do things for the community mm-hmm. is awarded this uh, Stan Jensen Award. And Stan Jensen himself was the person who gave it to me. I mean, it was. Like, oh, wow. Wow. Fantastic. When I've seen him many, many years on the course. He would always smile at me, not knowing that he would be the person who, I don't know who voted for me. It, well,
3: it's well-deserved. And I, I, the thing about the, um, you are very humble in your successes. And I, we've talked a lot about the your successes, but you also don't rest in your laurels of, I've done enough. I'm, you know, you're in your seventies and I've accomplished a ton, but no, you're always striving and learning and you joined celebrate the gray and you started modeling and you are also working for training peaks now developing programs for their site. So talking about midlife and beyond and breaking barriers for women, what's that experience been for you this past couple of years?
0: It's been just wonderful. To be honest with you, I never knew that I could still do something like this until you opened my eyes to it. Oh, thank you. (laughs) You're doing that to so many. You're touching so many lives that you're never too young or too old to start your dreams today. And that's what you did for me, you know. You showed me that, you know, you don't have to settle for uh, one color, uh, which I did for many years. I settled for black
3: because <laughs> we're talking I'm about clothing. So we, we, we had this ahoh. Lisa is this gorgeous. If you're you can't see the video, gorgeous African American woman with gray hair that kind of sets up, you have a short, shorter cut. And I think the first time I met you, you had black on and I said, Oh my God, Lisa, you need to wear color. You, you have the most fabulous skin. You would look fantastic in color. And we did a photo shoot and she showed up in this gold jacket. Do you remember that? I remember. And didn't it have matching pants too? Yes. Yeah. And it was like, whoa, look at that woman. You went from, she looks interesting to, wow, who is that woman? I want to talk to her. So this whole um, changing the narrative about what 70s looks like, you continue to do that in every experience I have with you. So I'm so glad that you are embracing color.
0: Thanks to you, Stephanie, because I would never have stepped out of black into gold or green or any other color, but because of you, you have changed my life. You have changed my life. And I do appreciate it that you don't have to be old because you are turning an age.
3: What advice would you give women that are 50, 60, 70, and they have an idea, they have a passion? What advice would you give to her?
0: I would just say, uh, never let age define you. You know, you can do anything you, you need to just step out of your that little comfort zone and, and get into something. Just let go. Just do something about yourself. I have a, a real hard time trying to understand why a person would sit uh, on the front porch. I remember that I said, oh, I can't believe they have time to sit on the front porch. <laughs> <laughs> They
3: do have time to sit on the
0: front porch. Um, no, don't be that person. Just get up and
3: do a walk. Yeah, start simple. I mean, this is what I remember. Yes. People get so caught up in, well, I could never run a marathon, but that's not what you're saying. You're saying get up off the porch and go for a walk.
0: Yes, yes. I remember talking to a young girl at uh, the regional center uh, she was uh, account she was an accountant and i t- she said so what are you doing this weekend i said i'm running a 50 miler and she <laughs> be crazy. what That said be crazy right and she said i would never be a runner i would never do that and then i said never say never and sure enough today She is running marathons. She often tells me it's because of you that I'm running. And that makes me feel good to know that someone actually listens to you. And no matter what age you are, whether you are 10 years old, you can do something, be active in your life. And 50 is very young. Trust me. When I was 50 I was running everything. I was doing all type of exercises, kicking my legs up high and
3: I think you know, for is I'm 58 or 59 now that you know to see someone in their 70s that's running and starting new ventures, it's super inspiring to me. And I know you and I've been doing work to get your face into Athleta and get you more represented in Athleta, because I think women, if they saw you doing all you do, you've gone through breast cancer, you had a hip replacement too. um, You've had things that could have just stopped you in your track. And so hearing your story is inspiring for other women to think about aging differently and think about the possibilities and not the limitations. I think the other thing, your superpower, is the inspiration you give to people. I've been in a couple of shoots with you, with and the team was younger. They're probably in their 20s or 30s. And they were so inspired by your aging, what you're doing, who you are as a person, that you saw this intergenerational change happening of how they viewed aging. You know, they went into the project. I remember the videographer from New York, the guy that we went into the project, and he had a vision of what 70 was. And this is the the story I started telling at the beginning that you know he was supposed to talk to you for 10 minutes. And 45 minutes later, I'm like knocking on the door saying, Um, you're gonna have to pay Lisa more because oh my God, she's so interesting. I could talk to her all day. So not only are you doing that for midlife people and beyond, but now this younger generation is, is hearing your story and seeing you and in their head, they went in thinking, Oh, 70 is my grandma or somebody that's feeble or elderly, or can't do new things to meeting Lisa and saying, Oh, you re- you're rewriting what age looks like for the younger generation. So I hope, so. I hope you realize that superpower you have.
0: And I hope that they understand that along with exercise, uh, eating right, and not I'm not speaking of diets, I'm speaking of eating right, exercising will make them feel as good as I do. I will be 75 years old this year. And I feel that I have an age. And especially now that I've been redefined by Celebrate the Gray, I am just so thrilled that you were able to find me in athletic store and recruit me for celebrate the great Stephanie. Uh, it's been such a, a great journey so far.
3: Well, and I think that's right there. You just summed up how you live life. It's been a great journey so far. So you are constantly thinking about what's next and what do I learn? What can I do? How can I grow? And, That is the inspiration that you always give me. And I I hope this conversation today has given our listeners just to think about getting out of your own way, basically. And it can start with walking around the block and thinking, oh, I could never run. Well, maybe you could. But then that leads into amazing transformations personally, career, and, and aging. That's right. And I
0: often tell my runners, never let your schedule be your jailer, but let it be a guide. And that's one thing they can do. You can start somewhere, but never let your schedule, any schedule, whether it's a working schedule or a workout schedule, never let it be your jailer. Just let it be your guide.
3: Wow. Great advice. Well, thank you, Lisa, for spending the time. Let's talk about how people find you. So Lisa Felder of ultra fitness beyond imagination.com. This will be in the show notes, but you're also on Instagram and now you're part of training peaks. So if people can train with you through ultra fitness beyond imagination, but you are also going to be offering a training program through training peaks to come. That, correct? that is correct. Okay.
0: It would be a half marathon, a marathon and a 50 K.
3: Okay. And what's next for you? any big races, or are you to have travel plans? I know your son is outside of California. So
0: um, my runners come in all different forms and with problems and things like that. And one of my runners, a uh, daughter, is dying. She's only twenty one years old, and she wants to run Tahoe Rim. And so I will be taking that trip with her.
3: Oh, fantastic. Yes.
0: And hopefully I'll be able to run that 55K. Maybe I can't run the 55K, but I'm training for it.
3: Good for you. Well, you are Uh, my inspiration. You know that. And I'm so thrilled to have gotten the opportunity to share you with the Brand 50 listeners. And I look forward to our next next modeling gig or maybe a trail run together.
0: Absolutely. That would be wonderful.
3: But definitely check out Lisa's website for inspiration, uh, her Instagram. We'll be putting all this in the show notes. And thank you so much for spending this last hour with us and go out for your run. Now you can go change and go out for a run.
0: <laughs> thank you so much, Stephanie. It's been a pleasure.
3: All right. Have a great day and be safe and well.
0: Thank you. And you too. Bye bye.
1: We hope you enjoyed this podcast. For more information on all of our guests, go to brand50.com where you'll find show notes and other resources to help guide you through the next exciting phase of your life. Please consider subscribing to our podcast on iTunes along with other platforms and write us a review while you're there. You can also sign up for our email list on our site to get the latest podcast updates. We promise you won't get a constant barrage of emails from us and you can bet we'll protect your privacy as well. You can also follow us on social media accounts listed on our site. Thank you for listening.